Stoveleg Media, igniting conversation. There's 26 letters in the alphabet. Welcome to the Fact Off. Welcome to the Fact Off, your weekly battle of facts, y'all. Alex is the host, not a slack off. Mike's got the facts that'll smack, y'all. But don't worry, cuz Pat's got your back, y'all. It's the Fact Off. It's the Fact Off. Yeah, it's the Fact Off. Welcome to the Fact Off, a weekly podcast where we each bring you a random and obscure fact, and you, the listener, can decide who the winner is. I'm Alex, your host, and is with me as always is Mike. Hey, what's up, buddy? Uh, and guess what? What? I'm happily married. Yeah, good. There was <laughs> a lot of rumors going around that you were uh, separated, divorced, and you were just giving away laptops. Yeah, and the Fact Off uh, subreddit, <laughs> the community is uh, hotly debating the issue of whether or not yeah. you're married. Uh, who else is talking? Oh, that's Pat. He is also happily married. I am. That was not discussed in the subreddit. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is already confirmed. The subreddit is just me and my brothers. <laughs> I also want to debate your fact. Uh, there's other alphabets than just the English alphabet. That's true. Damn. Are we going to start the show over? <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah. Um, start it over. Yeah. So you English, the tapes. Say English alphabet or something. Nope. I'm, the, I'm keeping it. Say it in the American alphabet. Yeah. In the one true alphabet. Oh, Lord. The rule them all. <laughs> I pray to the alphabet every day. You do. Yep. It's an odd, odd way to go. My son's in preschool or kindergarten. And he was you know, learning the letters, and he said he did a letter today that's kind of like an M, but it has a thing that goes like this, and then it goes like this, and that's how he explained it to me. And I was like, the letter H? And he's like, no, and then I saw his paper. What's the letter H? I was like, this oh, is Oh, he le-. lied to you. Yeah, because then he was like, ha, ha, ha. I could see how you could get the the capital M and H confused. Yeah, he didn't get him confused. He just said what he was learning. What's the letter H? It sounds like he was confused. No, he just he forgot what the, it was it sounds called. Like you're confused. I am confused. He's only learned all the new stuff. All right, I don't like it. Speaking of confused, our fans were not confused this week when they voted. What did we tally the votes, Mike? Not yet, Mike. Calculator. Uh, I need to flip it over because uh, it has one of those solar panels on top. That oh, nice. Charge up. Yeah. Um. So give it a second while it. Heats up, you know. Wait, Mike, does it say boobies on the calculator? <laughs> well, I have to hit <laughs> hit cancel, 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 delete. When do you when do you, del- you always have to hit cancel and delete? You know, because you ne- never want to leave the old fact uh, in there. So that's true. Oh, absolutely um, not. No, and Mike, all it always calculates the winner as boobies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of boobies. Pat's the winner! Yay. He is a boob. Don't make fun of my boobs. <laughs> um, what's your victory fact, Pat, since you won? Since I won, and speaking of divorce, <laughs> did you know that one in three divorce filings include the word Facebook? Really? I thought you say laptop. <laughs> <laughs> laptop. Well, Facebook, you access through a laptop, so maybe... They always have, like, their, uh, their face was always in a book. Or the words connected. That's a, that's a good reason to get divorced is uh, your spouse is always reading a book. Oh, I thought it was because your spouse is Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> so there it is. That's a victory fact for the week. 
Was it a good one? Do you guys vote on the victory fact? I haven't won in like three months, so. Well, it's odd that last week we got the lowest turnout ever before we were getting record numbers of votes when <laughs> I was winning. It was like in the millions we were getting. When the Monday Night Football started. Yeah. Stop. We have to go stop against football now. People yep, are too yeah. busy setting their fantasy lineups. It's true. Yeah. So uh, now it's time for everybody's favorite segment. Pat's Welcome to Pat's Factacular, where I give you five wonderful facts from the weekly calendar. Wonderful. You tell, wonderful is a stretch. You give us five facts. <laughs> My wonderful wife got me this wonderful calendar. And you're and not uh, you're not getting separated and giving away a laptop? <laughs> nope. But if you couldn't tell that Victory Fact was from this calendar, as is this next fact. This one's for you, Alex. The average person will spend six months of their life waiting for red lights to turn green. Damn. Six months? Yeah, I know. You don't wait. If you run red lights, you, there's no waiting. I'm sorry. I, I just don't have time for that. Yeah, That's you're true. above average. And you say you get in an accident once a month? Uh, give or take. <laughs> Have you ever seen the punctuation mark uh, with the question mark and the exclamation point? Yeah. Do you know what it's called? It's called, uh, what? <laughs> it's called what? It's called Interrobang. Oh, yeah, I think I've heard of the Interrobang. Yeah. Never heard that. Sounds like, like I a- heard of it when he uh, cleans his uh, <laughs> search engine before his wife comes down. <laughs> There's there's uh always there's actually a ninety nine percent invisible podcast episode about the Interbang. Nice. I, we yeah. don't talk about other podcasts on the show unless it's uh what was that show you guys used to do? The fact off. Future Jam. <laughs> Future, Future Jam. Jam. Yeah. The, the, show, the show we used to do. The one I'm doing now. <laughs> Is this your uh, kind way of saying I quit? Alex has been quiet quitting for the last month. I've been half-assing my facts for so long. and Oh, we know. <laughs> um, fact number three. Cold water is just as cleansing as hot water. Explain how. Because it's just water hitting you? Yeah, I think it's just the same thing. Yeah. People just Cause, think cause, hot uh, water it's the you. soap that actually cleanses, not the actual... They do tell you to use hot see, water. but... I always get cleansed with the Holy Spirit. That's when I and truly ice cold. Yeah, I truly feel clean. Is it true when you get hit with uh, holy water, you hear the <laughs> it burns? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's because you're usually throwing holy water on like hot skillets. Yeah, that's how I do yes. all my cooking. I want my food to be blessed. <laughs> His eggs are too blessed to be stressed. <laughs> Did you know? That table tennis balls can travel off the paddle at 105.6 miles per hour. Yeah, I do it all the time. Not 105.6. I get like 103. Yeah, how are they getting so accurate of a number, like the 0.6 part? They have the uh, gun, the Vado gun. They do with baseballs. Well, no, they have a regular gun, and they shoot it next to a ping pong ball, and they're like, well, we know a bullet goes this fast. It's not that out of the realm of possibility. (laughs) That's holding holding a a speed radar gun like that. Speed gun. And finally, blood banks in Sweden notify you when your blood has been used. That's good. You get like an ammo alert, like you do on your phone, like, (laughs) I I don't know if that's cool or like depressing, like... Oh man, uh, my blood's helping some gunshot victim. Or, I mean, why would it be depressing that you're helping someone? 
Because then you're also hearing about something negative. You're like, happened. oh man, I just shot that guy and my blood's helping I him. don't think like <laughs> medically they could give away more information than your blood's being used. Yeah. Well, they usually when somebody needs blood, it's not for a, a good reason. Uh-huh. I get an extra pint of blood every day. Yeah, it's true. I go in the blood bank. Yep. (laughs) A smile. (laughs) And because I'm the winner of the fact, don't try to like like take my (laughs) position just because you want steal your job. Yeah, you're quiet quitting. I'm the host now. Do it then. See how you write down all the facts, names, and stuff. I just I'm panicking under the pressure. All right, you need to be the host, Alex. Yep. And Pat, since you won, you get to decide the order we give our facts. Ooh, I did remember that. All right, I'm going to go. Who Mike went last last week? He, no, you did. I went who's last? The, who's the no? All right, well, I have a special order this week, and I will be going second. Uh, let's see, Mike, how about you go first? Good luck, Mike. I, I've never gone first in a long time. I don't, I don't know how to start this off. So, um, You just bust through. You just bust right through the walls. Yep. Um, you, you ever, like, seen, like, a... A historical fact and you're like well if they actually wrote this into a tv show or a movie that this would just be completely unbelievable nobody watching it would believe yeah. a word of it did you hear the whole mr potato head fact <laughs> yeah i guess if you made a movie based off of alex's fact last uh, week people would not believe a word a single word i think they would uh, trust the so. voice of the people alex i think they i'm would. excited for this fact what do you got mike <laughs> Pat's comment makes it seem like I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I care. I want to get this. I want to get this fact. Alex is a jerk. All right. My fact takes place before indoor plumbing. So you know it's a pretty. Wow. 1946. Before. <laughs> pretty old fact. Uh, July of 1184 in Germany, to be exact. Okay. Yep. Year I was born. Not the same month, though. We don't have a lot of German facts. Um, the backdrop of this uh, era. Is that, is that a complaint? <laughs> yeah, somebody emailed me and said, hey, uh, not enough German facts. You said we had people listening in Germany. We should, you know, give them some something that people want to hear, you know? Exactly. Um, this was a tense period in the Holy Roman Empire, uh, and the main qualm that most people argued over was land. Like, hey, I want your land. No. I want your land, and it's just always a constant squabble between like the noblemen and the archbishops of the time, and uh, they call them land graves. Other people uh, call them counts. So uh, a count is somebody who has jurisdiction over oh, territory. I thought it was that somebody had like jurisdiction over like numbers. That's the character from uh, that children's show. Yep, that one. Mad Men. So at the center of this story is a land dispute between the Archbishop Conrad and a gentleman named Ludwig III. Oh, Ludley. Yeah, Ludley. And this is a particularly (laughs) thorny issue. Yeah, the main qualm was Conrad decided to build a castle on a hill next to the city of Castle. Not not castle, castle, K A S S E L. Okay, and this okay. city was in between Ludwig's territory and 
the territory of the Archbishop Conrad. So Conrad saw this as a threat, obviously, and he was pissed off. And that just led to constant like fighting between the two. It, it escalated so greatly that Henry VI, the king of Germany, when he was like on a caravan through the, through the country, he got wind of this and he said, hey, uh, let's gather all the noblemen together into a... Uh, they called it a diet. So he's like, hey, let's uh, let's go on a diet together. Um, what a diet is, is it's a formal assembly. So like if you ever hear, hey, let's have a diet, it's a... I'm offended you would think I didn't know what a diet was. <laughs> this is the old school diet, not the, the modern <laughs> yeah. diet. So the king called it a diet and this was going to be a rather large assembly because there were quite a few other noblemen that were like entangled in disputes and like angry at each other. Um, so this gentleman named Heinrich of Schwartzburg, he was pissed off at Ludwig because Ludwig's men had leveled his castles, like two or three of them, like a, a, a handful of castles. Were people in the castles? Yeah. They were just take a giant bulldozer and just knock it over. He just cr- crumbled to the ground. Um, at the time, I think maybe they just built castles, like, whenever they wanted to, like, claim a new territory or, like, show that they own this territory, but I'm curious how many people were actually manning the, the walls. Yeah. It's kind of like the Oklahoma land rush, but instead of just putting a flag down, you would have to build a castle. It was actually probably a good time to be a castle builder, though. It's probably the, you, fe- you feasted well if you built castles in that time. Yeah, like, castle builders now? It's a terrible time to be a castle builder now. You get like one yeah, now, a year, maybe. Now you're going to be starving. You're going to be starving if you're building castles. Not not white castles. Well, I don't know if they're ex- <laughs> expanding, but... you be starving because their sliders are so small. So in return, Heinrich decided to steal a literary manuscript while at Ludwig's wedding. So he was at Ludwig's wedding, and he like snuck into the back and stole their family uh, manuscript. I guess that these manuscripts were, took long, long periods of time to make, and they were uh, very like beloved. So if you st- if you still a family manuscript, you're basically spitting in their face. Nice. So I'm just gonna spit in your face and be like, "It's the same as stealing a manuscript." Mike does have a very nice manuscript at his house. I do. It has pictures of my dog. Uh, my wife and uh, a laptop. <laughs> a laptop. <laughs> <laughs> so the diet took place on July 25th, and it was a, in a meeting place in St. Petersburg Church in Eifert, Germany. Okay. Erfurt. And uh, there was about 60 to 100 noblemen. They all came dressed in the to the nines in uh, chain mail because uh, – who doesn't go to a meeting dressed in chainmail? I guess that was like bi- considered business attire back then is uh, to wear like armor. I still do it now. You never know when you're going to get stabbed. I, <laughs> That's true. I would actually come back to work at Western Southern if they let us wear chainmail to, to work. Wait, is it in the, like the HR you can't wear chainmail? Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure you cannot wear chainmail. They call it the Mike Sandberg rule. <laughs> <laughs> they call that. Yeah, it's in the bylines. Um, so 
the 60 to 100, it, it, there's, it's questionable how many exact, but they, they think it's around 60 to 100. They, they get into this meeting room. It's about two stories up, and it just happened to be above a latrine pit. Like I mentioned before, there was no indoor plumbing. Yeah, I already forgotten about the indoor plumbing question. <laughs> a good movie is where you can't, you don't see it coming. That's but true. you set it up beforehand. So, and this latrine pit was for the monks who lived in like that church. Uh, so it was a pretty, pretty gigantic latrine back then. Like when they had like big, like uh, poo pits. Um, basically they. <laughs> They had them for like castles or or churches, and it would just be a gigantic pit, and then part of it would run outside of the building, so it could drain out like into outside of the building. Uh, but it was just not very clean. It was just pretty disgusting by today's standards. Um. So the meeting began, and suddenly there was a loud crack. And the floor fell out from under them. Yeah, and, and they fell into the ship. And everyone tumbled into the pit below. And they either died from being crushed by like the floor and other debris, or they drowned in the crop. Yeah. Man. And they and they, they couldn't get out because they're all wearing their armor, and the armor probably caused the floor yeah. to crash. So wait, everyone died? Everyone died. But amazingly, Henry VI and Archbishop Conrad were able to hold on to the metal window grates. And they made the, up this story. No, they were the only survivors. Like they were, they were like, uh, I guess, meeting off in the corner, and they were talking about some sort of business. And then the floor gave out, and they were the only survivors. I think they set it up. Yeah, it sounds like they wanted to get rid of the competition. I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. This is a long time ago, so um, a lot of specific details are probably up to question. Yeah. When is the Game of Thrones episode where they have everyone fall into a big pile of shit? That's what I meant. Like it, that, <laughs> that's what I was actually six. gonna bring. Yeah, I was gonna bring that up. Like if this happened in a Game of Thrones episode, nobody would believe it. They would say it's poor writing. Like why would they even have such a thing? You know. I definitely like, agree. It's poor writing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but like if this happened in a show nobody would believe it it would be like the worst reviewed episode yeah uh, that's true but i believe it because it happened wait is this gonna be our worst reviewed episode of the fact of <laughs> it might be i think uh, it w- so let's give a quick moment of silence for those who drowned in the shit except for the guy who dro- stole the manuscript yeah he he, de- he deserves to die um, actually, the guy who stole the uh, man- manuscript, he had a catchphrase, and his catchphrase was this. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, he, his catchphrase was, if I fail, so may I die in excrement. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was his then, catchphrase, and he died in excrement. That, that guy did die. Yeah. Yes. All right. So It's like, may God strike me down now. <laughs> <laughs> so we're interrupting the moment of silence for the ones who drowned in shit. Uh, Heinrich von Schwarzberg, Hesse Gosmar von Ziegenhang, Frederick von Ebenberg. You're not going to name all, the, all of them, are you? You said there was like 60 people. Burkhard von Wartburg, Friedrich von Kirkberg, and Berenger von Mellingen. I'm not going to name them all. I'm just... Uh, 
I'm trying to play some nice background music while you do the in memoriam section no, of the fact. I am not going to read them all. Uh, my fact is called "Don't Shit Where You Meet." Oh, that's a good name. Ah, that might win. That's a good one. I like to think that that fact's not true, and Mike came up with a funny saying and worked backwards. <laughs> <laughs> He it's just so those, improbable that he threw in all those names that 60, 60 people would drown in shit. It's just so improbable. Yeah, I've seen worse. <laughs> you think one of them was just crawling out of the sewer, uh, the sewers and escaping the castle? What? Shawshank. <laughs> oh, Shawshank Redemption. I was like, what are you talking about? I just feel bad for the people who had to clean up the mess afterwards, like climb down in there and retrieve all the bodies. Oh, I imagine they just uh, paved over it. on top of it. Yeah. <laughs> just keep shitting on them. Yeah. Okay. I mean, um, all right. Stink so, awfully bad. <laughs> don't shit where you meet. Oh, man, I have to follow that. So I am going to go second. Sorry, Alex. I cut off your host duties. Um, because... I want my fact to be sandwiched in between both of your facts because today's fact is about the Earl of Sandwich. Earl of Sandwich? Yeah, the sandwich. The history of the sandwich. So it sounds like Mike already knows. Did we do this fact? No. Sounds familiar. No, I said, I I also said the Earl of Sandwich. Okay, well, then you both said the Earl of Sandwich. Yeah. Mike's just going to cut out you saying it, so it'll make it seem like he said it. No. Uh Uh-oh. So, who created the sandwich? Give it, say it. The Bill Earl Sandwiching. Sandy. The Earl of Sandwich did not create the sandwich. Bill Sandy. The sandwich did. predates him by thousands of years. Yeah. And that's the end of my fact. <laughs> so, what I, is I don't the think there is a way to know who invented the sandwich because it's just, it's just a logical conclusion to, like, if you have bread and. If I'm a firm believer, if we can't trace back who was the first one to do something. I always give credit to Miss Lucilla from the Bible. <laughs> yep. So, what is a sandwich? Webster's Dictionary <laughs> defines a sandwich as two or more slices of bread or a split roll having a filling in between. Wait, nice. more than two slices of bread? Well, you have, two like your, more. You have your club sandwich. sandwich. From okay. what I read, I read the... Uh, First article, I'll have to get to it later. Is right. there, yeah, is there a way to have so much bread that it's no longer a sandwich? Uh, asked uh, Shaggy from Scooby Doo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the history of sandwich is a little vague. It goes back so much further than uh, the Earl of Sandwich. Uh, one of the earliest known sandwich eaters was Hillel the Elder. Yeah. He was a rabbi and a scholar during the first century BC. You know this guy, Alex? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, he knows um, his sandwich facts. <laughs> yeah, he would make uh, Pascal lamb and bitter herb sandwiches on unleavened matzah bread. Oh, it's actually like a, a tradition still upheld these uh, today. It actually um, sounds kind of good. Yeah, during uh, seders, I believe they're called. Um, I'm, I'm, I apologize if I'm saying that wrong, but I think it's like the, you're supposed to make matzah sandwiches. But then even uh, like rolling bread with a uh, filling that dates back you know, like an ancient Turkish culture. Now, that brings us to John Montagu, Yep, who, during the mid-17th century, traveled to Turkey and other regions in the Ottoman Empire. So, who is John Montagu? He was one of the Montagues and Capulets. Is that what it is? He was, yeah, exactly. 
Uh, it was a big uh, hoagie versus sub <laughs> division. Uh, no, John Montague was the Earl of Sandwich. You guys cut me off at the beginning of my fact. Um, so you guys, so tell me the you know, what, what do you know of the history of the Earl of Sandwich and making sandwiches? I don't. I just heard the name, and I feel like the Earl of Sandwich, from what you're saying, is stealing valor. Yeah, it's what it's like one of those classic things of like it's just someone became famous for using it. Um, or so, what the kids would say, cultural appropriation. Sounds like it. So, yeah, so they do have, like, apparently he went on this trip. He was, like, um, you know, some sort of fancy pants uh, guy. And he went to the Turkey, and he came back, and apparently he was a horrible gambler. And as the legend goes, he was on a 24-hour gambling binge. Ooh, the Mike Sandberg. You know, you get hungry after 23 hours of not eating. And uh, he asked the, the restaurant or the place he was gambling, said, hey, I want you to make me some food, something I can eat with one hand while playing with the other hand. They made Hot Pockets? They gave him a Hot Pocket and he burned his <laughs> mouth. He ate it way too fast. And this is the history of the Hot Pocket. Is there a way to not burn your mouth while eating <laughs> no. a Hot Pocket? No, they have that molten lava inside. Um, so, and that's like the lore of sandwich and it people just started calling it the sandwich because it was just like oh look at this gambler guy named the earl of sandwich eating the sandwich um the first time it was used written down was in 1762 when english historian edward gibbon wrote about men eating a bit of cold meat or a sandwich Guess what the first... So I just have a whole bunch of sandwich facts. I think I might have been hungry when I was making this <laughs> making this fact. Oh, this is an interesting sandwich fact. Um, sandwiches were very popular in uh, England. And because we are like, you know, the snotty teenage kid of England, uh, the Americas, like United States, were like, they did not adopt it. They're like, I'm not eating that. That's like something they do over in England. So we were very slow to adopt a sandwich. Um, and it wasn't until... I forget the year. I don't have the year written down. But guess what the first type of sandwich that appear in American cookbook was? The hot brown Kentucky hot brown. <laughs> yeah, is that a tongue sandwich? Because it was a tongue sandwich. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. I, um, I do like a Kentucky hot brown. What's the sandwich that you like, Mike? The po- King's Hawaiian. Pork and pork- no. The Pork and Slaw King's Hawaiian. The Pork and Slaw. Uh, Christy told me I should end my fact. <laughs> talking about how mean it is to create a delicious sandwich and then not have it anymore. Well, how does um, everybody know on earth that I like the King's Hawaiian pork and slaw sandwich? Because we talk about it on this and I bring it up every seven episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for reminding the listeners. What, what's that? In 1901, the first recipe for the peanut butter and jelly sandwich showed up. Really? Yeah, and I read the article that it was written in. And they, I think they used three slices of bread for the original. Yeah, PB&J. so they don't want the PB and J to touch beforehand. Did exactly. they? Did they use grape, strawberry, or raspberry jelly? I didn't. I don't remember. Peach, oh, probably. It was peach jelly. Um, so, what is the the quintessential jelly for PB and J though? It's grape for me. It's grape. Yeah, it's grape. Well, you think? You think so? Yeah. No, I know so. There's a fact off. We two people said on fact off. Listening I guess home. if you buy goobers, goober goober grape um, has the peanut butter and grape mixed together. So I think you are right. Yeah, that sounds disgusting. Um, and then peanut butter uh, became mass produced in the 20s and they marketed it to kids, thus creating the classic peanut butter and jelly sandwich for lunch. 
Um, then in like New Orleans, so this is just like the evolution of sandwiches. Like you said, sandwiches are like so versatile. It's just putting things in between two pieces of bread. My, my uh, dad, uh, before he took went off on his trips, he would pack like five peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. We'd freeze them and put them in coolers, and then he would just eat them over like the course of four or five days. That's nice. awesome. Um, in New Orleans, they have what kind of what sandwich are they famous for? Do you know the po boy? Po boy, um, take that, Louisiana boy. Yeah, and then we also have hoagies, grinders, subs, and footlong heroes. Well, there's another sub that's actually more famous in New Orleans. And what is it? The tuna sub. No. Are you Googling it? Mike's his face just lit up like his screen turned on to Google. No. Alright, while you're finding that, I'm gonna Mike's give you, this it's is the my... muffle muffalata. Ooh, I do love a muffalata. I don't know what that is. Maybe your fat can talk about the muffalata. Alex, quick, research. I already know. Well you don't so, eat meat anymore, so you're probably like, Oh, I want a piece of carrot on my sandwich. Yeah, I just want a piece of carrot. <laughs> yeah, you're you're kind of like there's not many options for you when it comes to sandwiches. You're like, yeah. oh, I put some vegetables on well, here. I had a cheesesteak the other day. Uh, it wasn't real cheese or real steak, but I still had one. It's depressing. Carry on. It was delicious. Anyway, so my favorite type of sandwich I'm gonna give this is my shameless plug. Uh, arrived on the scene in 1933. During the Great Depression, according to legend, someone drove up to a restaurant and dropped off a load of potatoes. To see if they were still good, they fried them. Some customers saw the potatoes and said, hey, they look good. Uh, Can we have some? So what they did is they took those french fries and they put them on the sandwich and served it up. Thus was born the Probanti Brothers Sandwich. A combination of meat, french fries, cheese, coleslaw, tomato slices on Italian bread. Wait, they've been doing that for how long? Since uh, 1933. Damn, I didn't. I thought that was like more of a modern twist on the sandwich, but I'm wrong. No, if it was like a mo- modern twist, it wouldn't be that simple. But yeah, I think it's great. Have you ever had a Permanente Brothers sandwich? Yeah, you know, I've never had one, but I've seen lots of videos on like TikTok of people eating like the gigantic like sandwiches with like, fries and all sorts of random like chicken tenders and all sorts of non- nonsense. Nonsense. It's just, it's like the trick, the secret uh, sauce of it is the bread is so freaking good. And you can get that, uh, you can get a veganized, which is great. You'd be surprised like how much the bread makes a sandwich. Yeah. The bread can make a a boring sandwich so much better. Yeah. A bread can make this boring fact even that much better. Yeah. And speaking of uh, bread, your fact and Alex's fact are like the bread to my fact sandwich. And that's is, the end of my fact. Is that the just a fact? <laughs> fact sandwich. And now the um, Earl of Sandwich is a chain restaurant. Oh, nice. Yeah, there's so many sandwiches. Oh, uh, and last but not least, someone, uh, you know, the age-old question, is a hot dog a sandwich? Yes. A hot dog is a sandwich because it meets the qualifications of a sandwich, which is meat between two pieces of bread. So, like, technically, if it's meat between two pieces of bread, a veggie sandwich wouldn't be a sandwich then, right? <laughs> yeah, probably. So it should be. Think, does it say meat? You said meat. No, it says uh, Webster's Dictionary says filling. Fillings, so. okay. But you just said meat, so they had they I had to ch- change meat. that for political reasons. For yeah. me, I kept writing them. I was like, I want to eat sandwiches. Change this definition. And what's the name of your fact? The uh, veggie sandwich. Fact sandwich. It's not as good as uh, don't shit where you meet. Uh, oh wait, make mine don't shit where I eat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want a shit sandwich? 
You don't shit where I eat. Yeah. I like shit, shit sandwich. Oh, yeah. Shit, shit sandwich. We'll just put shit in all the names. Yeah, shit sandwich. This is the, the classic shit episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is the one. This is uh, where this is the last episode, everyone. Uh, my fact is super short. I'll go next. You know what this week is? You said it's about soup soup or short? Short. Is it about soup? (laughs) Mike is hungry. But you know know what is this week? (laughs) No. (laughs) No, nothing? It's shit week. It's my birthday. Alex's birthday. What? what? Woohoo. Uh... And you, as you guys know, I'm a lot younger and handsomer than you guys. It's true. You are a lot younger than us. Yep, and handsomer. And yeah, uh, I'll agree to disagree. No, you agree. That's a fact. And my fact is, Alex is the most handsome guy on this podcast. Ah, damn it! I should have said that first. <laughs> no, it's a simple fact. When you have a birthday and somebody brings you a cake, what song do you sing? Uh, happy birthday. Yep. So where did that song come from? So somebody owns the rights to it. Not yeah, any are we allowed to sing it? Not anymore. Um <laughs> uh, I'm not it's getting a public domain right now. Yeah, it was like a whole bunch of legal battles. For the longest time you had to play royalties anytime you used it. There was a whole thing. But I'm just gonna get into who wrote this song. Well who maybe didn't write this song? Dun oh. dun dun. But the people who get credit for writing the song. The Earl of Birthday? Nope. We're going to go to Mike's home state, Kentucky. In Louisville, Kentucky. The Hop Brown. That, yep. The Louisville, the Hop, Kentucky Hop Brown. If you've never had it, it's a good sandwich. Uh, it's like an open face sandwich. not really like, covered, but it's like you. I didn't cover open face sandwiches on my fact, so let's not confuse the people. Uh, side note, we can all agree that Big Boy's menu went downhill when they took off the open face roast beef sandwich and the chicken cheesesteak off the menu. And there's really no reason to go back. They have a new CEO, so maybe they'll... Yeah, no, the new CEO sucks. All right, he's the one who streamlined the menu. Here. No, he, I know he just is, came in. Is... He just came into power. Uh, new one? Okay, because they got bought yeah, by... another a... new one. Okay, they got bought by a company. Someone who's it? heard a half-hour rant of Alex about Big Boy. <laughs> we don't want to get this started. It went downhill. Okay, um, what's your fact? It went downhill when they switched to Pepsi, and then they, they got rid of Coke. They switched back since. Oh, I'm proud um, of them. Okay. So two sisters, Mildred and Patty Hill. They were both uh, teachers at the experimental kindergarten school in Kentucky, in Louisville. Uh, both big into... Uh, Experiments? Experimenting <laughs> on children. <laughs> well, like, yeah. big for kindergarten, especially Patty Hill, was creative expression, natural instincts, kids should learn by doing... Um, she's actually like founded the uh, National Association for for the Education of Young Children. She was a professor at Columbia for like thirty years. Te- like really spearheaded like kids should learn at like what interests them and be creative and all. But her and her sister mm. had like kids can learn simple songs and help them remember really things, can. especially at that age. So what they said is Mildred was a composer. She was a like she was a like a, a educational in her own right, but she was more of like a music person. And then supposedly she came up with the melody for "Happy Birthday." 
And then Patty is the one who came up with the words, but the words weren't happy birthday. They were, good morning to all. And it would go, good morning to all. No, well, originally it would go, good morning to you. Good morning to you. Good morning, dear children. Good morning to all. They would sing that to the children. That's a million dollar song right there. Yeah. They would sing that to the children. That's what they came up with. Now, there's some people believe that it might be like a derivation of some other songs. Good evening to you. That was like in like 1850 and all. But in 1893, the sisters published a book, Song Stories for Kindergarten. And this song, Good Morning to All, was in there. You know, say that over time that people just sing happy birthday to you. And like it evolved. No one knows when like it actually happened that people started singing happy birthday to that tune. Um, the first time that the tune and lyrics be- appeared together was in a tune book for a piano com- manufacturing company in 1912. And it's like, hey, you buy a piano, you get this tune book. And it was in there. And then in 1915... The Howard McCready Company and their Golden Book of Favorite Songs had it in there. This kind of... That made the favorite song list? Yeah, people love that song. It probably is the most sung song of all time, I would say. According to Guinness Book of Record, it's the most English sung song of all time. How do they know? It's been translated into 18 languages. Only 18 languages? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> There's tons of languages. Yeah, but only eighteen are you know, compatible with the. Nope, nobody no, else has birthdays outside of those those languages. They're all yeah. they're all Jehovah's Witness uh, religions. Yeah, but the song that kind of took off in uh, nineteen thirty one. It was in a musical, The Bandwagon. Two years later, it was in another musical, The Thousands Cheers, as Thousands Cheered. So it was just like this what took off. Cheer? This became a thing. Was it Happy Birthday? This song. This song. Yeah. It was. Yeah. A, it was a big hit. It was a big rock hit. Yeah. Um, Coming up the charts. They event, the Hill Happy Sisters birthday. in like 1935 eventually sued for like copyrights. And then they had it. And then there's like a whole big bit Warner and stuff. But did you know that in 1933, Happy Birthday was their first singing telegram? Western Union. Western Union, George Oslin. He sent a Happy Birthday telegram to Moody Valley. You some entertainer at the time. But, yep. Nice. How was it received? Hated it. It didn't catch <laughs> on. Well, I guess they stopped doing singing telegrams in like 2006 or something like that. And then they brought them back in email form. It was like lackluster. What's funny is there's still e-cards. I had no clue there was e-cards still. And my wife said she got one at work from somebody. Yeah, wait till oh, October nice. when your birthday comes up. I'll send you one. No, <laughs> Mike was gonna say something. He just gave a thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> this is a podcast. Yeah. Um. But yep, that's the simple history of the song "Happy Birthday." Credited to Mildred and Patty Hill as an educational nice. song for children. And there you have. We love this. Should we sing it? Um, if you want to. Uh no, I've heard. We'll do that it off, Mike. Me. Yeah, we'll. <laughs> You've we'll heard it too many it. Well, times. Yeah, I've heard it way too many times. Well, because when you're washing the hands, you just sing it twice. Uh, but there you have it, my fact. Happy birthday to me. Aw. 
no shit. <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday to me. No shit. <laughs> uh, so there you have it. Your three facts for tonight. I told you it was a short fact. Uh, yeah, Mike's fact. Don't shit where you meet. I spelled meat wrong. It should be E-E, not E-A. <laughs> no, it should be. Right? Oh, no, it shouldn't be E-A. Don't shit where you meet. Yeah. Uh, Pat's fact. Um, fact sandwich or shit sandwich, whichever one Mike posts. We'll put that in uh, parentheses. Yeah. And then you have my, my fact. Happy birthday to me. No shit. Nice. There you have it for the fact off. Go to the... Uh, factoffpodcast.com to vote for who you think is the better. Remember, it is my birthday week. A victory would be nice. Um, no one voted for me for my birthday. Because he didn't bring it up. That's <laughs> true. Uh, and then uh, rate and review us on all the socials. Oh, no. Rate and review us on Apple or Spotify. <laughs> there is also a link in the show notes you can click on the vote to take you right to the website. And wait, uh, check us out on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Mike has been posting more. Um, As in more one time? I got a good photo of Mike during the fact tonight. I can't wait to share with everybody. Nice. And then, um, yeah, have a great day. Bye.